Books Talks. Uh, I'm Maria and I'm here with Frida. Hi, hi. Tom. Well, hello. And Ayla. Hi. And today we are going to discuss After the Sun, written by um, Jonas Eka and translated, translated by Sherilyn Nicolette Helber and published by Lolly Editions. It won the 2019 Nordic Council Literature Prize, the Michael Strong Prize, the Montana Prize for Fiction, and the Blixen Literary Award. And I'm going to read a little bit uh, of the summary that is behind the book. Uh, the book is a collection of uh, four or five stories, if you count like that the second and the last one are connected. Um, and it says like, after the sun, opens portals to our newest realities, haunting the margins of a globalized world that's both saturated with yearning and brutally transactional. Infused with an irrepressible urgency, Eka's fiction seems to have conjured these far-flung characters and their encounters in a single breath. Juxtaposing a startling beauty with grotesquery, Balancing the hyperrealistic with the fantastical, he has invented new modes of storytelling for an era when the old ones no longer suffice. So, people, what did you think about the book? <laughs> also, shout out, it's also been long listed for the Man Booker Prize, oh, yeah. the international oh. one. It, it didn't make the short list, but it made the long list, which is pretty, that's really impressive. Great. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was really nice. I actually I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Not because I didn't think I was going to enjoy it to a degree, but I like read it on a plane ride front to back, mm. and I wasn't expecting that. I thought it'd be a bit like it, it. It isn't necessarily an easy read, but there was an ease in reading it. It is a read. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the book? Let's say I did not like it that much. It did not speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay i i actually really enjoyed it and i also had the same as you I, I thought that it would be like okay this kind of book is not for me because it's fantasy and whatever and i'm not really into fantasy but i found it more like it, it mixed also like this realist real reality yeah. like with fantasy and i thought it was really critical and most of the stories i found in like criticism or of capitalism yeah. And I really liked that. And also, like, I thought it was really queer fiction. And I love that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was weird fiction, but it had cohesion. And I think that some, like, more out there fiction doesn't always have that cohesive bit. And I'm fine with, like, anything really trying to push the boundaries of literature. That mm. doesn't bother me at all. But I think sometimes style and prose... It can't. It can be sacrificed in ways that really work for the piece, but that can, that's a balance that's really hard to strike. I think only few authors can do that, and I think mm. it would like that balance was struck pretty well mm. in this book. Yeah, I also thought it was really beautifully written. I mean, yeah. there was some sentences that I really was like, "Oh wow, this is really beautiful." I was. <coughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I know also that uh, Jonas and Sherry, the translator, they had a really close collaboration translating this book and they worked really close together. So I think yeah, she did a really, really well job yeah. translating yeah. it also. Yeah, because the book is original written by in Danish. In Danish I, I didn't yeah. say that at the beginning. Sorry. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was thinking now that maybe we can go like through all the stories one by one and talk a little bit about each. I don't know if you remember all of them. Um, the first one is called Alvin. Um, and it's the story of an IT guy that seems to fall in love with another guy that is a, like a financial consultant or something like that. And they they create a kind of a relationship that it seems sexual, but it's not sexual. It's just that they get horny speculating, or that's yeah. how I understood it. Like, um, <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, I would say all the relationships in this book are like this, sexual, even when they don't come to like consummation. Uh, there, there's this weird sexual en energy for sure throughout mm -hmm. all the stories. Yeah, and ironically, I think maybe like the least sexy story is the one that probably has the most reference to sex. Isn't it like the one where like the, the Mexican, like the, there's a couple in Mexico. Oh yeah. That one, we mm -hmm. can get back to that later. Mm -hmm. But on that thought, it, that, that was like the least sexual of the whole book. Also Rachel Nevada. But we'll come back we'll to come that. Back to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you don't need to stop talking about yeah, this. No, no, no. <laughs> this is not uh, set on a stone. Yeah, talking about the sex, uh, the sexual implications in this story, even if they don't have a relationship, like a sex relationship. Um, I really like this quote, like, um, I didn't mind lying in bed, watching Alvin's face twitch, the contours of a dream quivering under, under his eyelids. Thin skin covered his eyeballs in a way that laid them bare, which made me think that maybe we all sleep with a distant awareness of being watched. At one point, he rolled over and swung his leg over my crotch, and I got a completely unexpected erection. I swear I wasn't sexually aroused or having any fantasies about Alvin. He was beautiful only in a cold, statuesque way. My penis rose merely as a kind of reflex, irrespective of what was behind the contact or could be linked to it. Yes, the book <laughs> is full of nice phrases like that, but to me they don't uh, add up to a uh, nice uh, narrative. But, but mm, yeah, let's maybe talk about what this story is about. Uh, the protagonist arrives in Copenhagen to visit some bank and uh, he finds like a sink sinkhole in the earth where the bank used to be, mm -hmm. which I take to be a uh, straightforward enough metaphor for um, critique of the economic system, blah, blah, mm -hmm. uh, which is makes the whole story maybe the most straightforward of all the stories in this volume, and maybe even too straightforward. <laughs> so th this sinkhole is really a... a very direct metaphor. And then he meets Alvin, who invites him to his house, shares everything he has with him, which to me sounded like the biggest, like the most surreal element to meet a <laughs> person like that <laughs> in <laughs> Copenhagen. <laughs> you will never find, find that in Copenhagen. <laughs> um, and then it becomes weird between them. They they travel to Romania where they uh, speculate through their laptops, like make big amounts of money, then lose that money if I remember correctly. Uh, and it's over like way vague, uh, made of thin mist, and in the end 
like Alvin kind of disappears, like it was all a dream, which I take to also be a metaphor for for for, for this digital speculating economy futures and all that. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, I also like this quote. Like it's like. Um, of course, the money we are making is money other people are losing. That's just the nature of derivatives. But that doesn't mean that we are doing it because we want others to lose. And I thought that's kind of like, yeah, yeah that's, isn't that what it is? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it kind of reflects this happy-go-lucky attitude of, mm, of people yeah. who are into crypto or whatnot. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like, like you feel like you're cheating the system by mm -hmm. doing this, but in reality you're cheating yourself out of your soul yeah and it, there's actually a like a real soulness soullessness to the story as well just the way he disappeared like there is no it's not i don't want to say emotion necessarily because that doesn't always have to be necessary in a story but it does feel devoid of a lot of i don't even know soul like i don't really know how to describe it but there's like a very distinct feeling while reading that that they're both like an empty shell of a human throughout yes, the I whole agree. story. Yeah. That's the feel I get throughout all of the book, which kind of mm -hmm. uh, stopped me from liking it that much. Yeah. Couldn't really identify with... With the characters. Any <laughs> of the characters. But, but I almost feel like that, like I completely agree with that feeling, but I feel like that feeling took on so many different forms within each story. Like it was a different kind of like malaise. And I don't know if it's because of like a general disposition I felt while reading the book and feeling generally also maybe vaguely depressed. I don't know. Like just I think reflecting on the state of the world, there was also something very comforting about having that feeling reflected back upon, like reflected back to me, which doesn't usually happen for me. I like escaping, but there was something that worked in this case. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What did you think about the story, uh, Frida? Mm, I thought it was uh, quite interesting. I liked the beginning the most. I think where he comes to Copenhagen and the bank is just like burned mm. down or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, I really liked that part. Otherwise, like, hmm. I couldn't really figure out like if this relationship between him and Alvin. I thought that it was like really strange. Yeah. Um, otherwise, like. I don't remember the story that well. It's been a <laughs> no, while no, since no. a lot of us read the book, yeah. I think. But uh, uh, I also like that it happened like at the beginning when he's in Copenhagen, mm. that you could relate to the streets. Yeah, yeah. He, he, goes. he, con he goes to Kong's yeah. News Hall or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fun trying to imagine Kong's News Hall with a massive sinkhole, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. How, then Mug would implode. <laughs> no, but it's funny because you would think that it would implode, but I, there's like a certain nonchalantness that I think is pretty realistic. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just like, yeah, the bank, it just. What can you do? Single? You can't. There's nothing much yeah. you can do. Would you yeah. like a coffee? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's whatever. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like no, you know what? Like this is crap, but we have our lives to live, I guess. So let's mm -hmm. forget about it. Mm -hmm. Let's just put it away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we move to the next story. Mm -hmm. do you yeah. I just have one thing to say yeah. about the, how this story ends. Yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly, in the end, he, he goes to the sinkhole and finds that there are people still working there. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and he does find the, the, the sys admin systems admin that he was looking for in the first place, which I take to be like a metaphor for how important institutions are and the resilience 
in the uh, that makes the world turn around mm. uh, as opposed to this absolute fluidity of of the speculating on futures and whatnot uh, which i appreciated but it's maybe also like the relentlessness of capitalism working through any crisis <laughs> no matter what yeah and that is i think we've it's a bit too like poignant to th also reflect upon that point yeah i chose the optimistic reading yeah no <laughs> institutions I, I will like, save us um, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> they are bigger than us. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. <laughs> we can't fight institutions. Then with the capital T. <laughs> with the capital T. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, the next story. So we move forward. To yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's called Bad Mexican Dog. I found this one like the most bizarre of yeah. all of them. I think this was the one that I liked the most. Yeah, I like that's the one that I like the most, but it's I think I like it because it's the most bizarre. And it's the story of this um, kid because he's a kid, right? And he like a young teenager he, or like a young yeah. teenager and he minor. works uh, what? Minor. A minor. That's a <laughs> nice word. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> this minor that works in like kind of a resort in Mexico, like working for tourists um, to bring them like sun cream or like to drinks. rub them in sun cream. Yeah, to be very specific. <laughs> like to massage them, or, like or whatever thing uh, the tourists want. And um, and yeah, there is like a bunch of minors that work doing that. So it's kind of the story and the relationships also that uh, creates uh, among them. And the title comes because one of the tourists started like um, calling uh, one of the minors the bad Mexican dog, right? When she's pretending that I mean, he has to 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 act as a dog. Mm. She asked him to like, can you can you do no, like a dog? It, it, yeah, what? no, wasn't it something like that? What I remember is that at some point someone asks him to go and film this thing with these two tourists and then he, th he has to, like they have to like uh pretend like he's a dog and yeah, call yeah. him back bad yeah. mexican but this is like i don't remember who it was if it was like his boss or something which his boss yes his, his boss, boss yeah, yeah to go and be like you have to he gave him like a very detailed description of what he had to do and then he had to like convince this couple that they could go to their room and he would like be their service dog and then they have to like he has to like lick her feet and yeah call her and they she has to call him bad Mexican dog and this is like really weird. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it is really creepy. And then <laughs> afterwards it's like, I sat with this like really uncomfortable feeling like, what? Uh, um, and she, at the end of it, is also like, this is too much, I can't do it anymore. Uh, like, uh, yeah, no? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's like kind of like story of exploitation and yeah. tourism. <laughs> and also this like, yeah, all these miners, they have to rub these like, like, tourist ladies in sun cream like yeah everywhere um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah they <coughs> they work in this economy of the sun as they call yeah. it at yeah. some point which brought to my mind uh, an essay of Georges Bataille on mm -hmm. solar economy okay but I didn't find it like reflected much in the text so um, but what was I think to me more interesting is what they do after work they have those orgies yeah yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah. they turned into shrimps yeah that's the yeah. thing like and also like like squids or something like no it's yeah it's like yeah this is where the story started losing me yeah <laughs> where i was like i don't know if this is there's something i'm missing 
or I think that like ironically this this maybe was your guys' favorite story this was one of my least favorite ones mostly because I think of there was a level of understanding I didn't have but that really that was when it started throwing me off I'm like okay I'll see where this is going and then the shrimps and the squids I was like okay <laughs> I actually not- really liked that because it was a kind of like didn't expect it yeah <laughs> so I could see that but I think I don't know it just something didn't click mm. something didn't click for me and also I was a bit confused at some point in the story like this this guy Ginger Emmanuel but that was the, the friend of the but the, do they kill a guy and yeah I also was confused like do they yeah. kill him at the end or not because they buried him they buried him but yeah. then the next day he's like back or something yeah yeah, yeah. and so I don't, I'm not they sure. like figuratively do so but it's very but like, like they, did they bury, bury him did they bury him but like, like I have no he's idea back the next day yeah this, uh, yeah. Okay, so how how do you read this story? How is it a critique of anything? I think it's a critique of the tourism and how we explode mm. uh, these like touristic places like Mexico or how, like. But on this layer, it would be very uninspired to me. Like the Western tourists are clueless, and the miners doing the job don't enjoy it. But tell me something I don't know. But may- maybe it's the degree of exploitation we accept to see and expect, like, accept ourselves. Not ourselves, but, like, the characters expect, like, ac- like accept the level of exploitation what they do every single day. And this comes in various different forms, right? So maybe it's not, like, just about, like, of course there's the, like, the tourism, but I think it also has multiple layers in the ways in which the characters function within the story and how the story progresses as well. Because you see different like insects in the economy in other ways and in some and there's again this nonchalantness that it's there's a degree of it that's accepted even though it reads very what's the word reads very not un, I don't want to say necessarily unacceptable but it reads odd it read not in the way that it's written but the way we feel about it we're a little bit discombobulated as we read it because there is this level of, again, what I was saying earlier, something not clicking. Yeah, maybe because of what they do after work. Yeah. Um, it really made me feel queasy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted the part to stop. Yeah, yeah. That that's I, I felt I felt that way about the story as well, but I feel like but like in the beginning they were just jerking each other off yeah and that, yes. that seemed pretty like that, that was like that, that was, was fine like, I didn't yeah, think about okay. that no, I didn't no, think no. anything about that no fair enough no I, I actually thought that. it was beautiful that they yeah, have like yeah, this yeah. kind of love yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, like, don't laugh about it yeah, I know no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they become streams while they're having sex and yeah. it's like yeah I don't know symbiotic relationship yes yeah. <laughs> but I think it like gets progressively more and more uncomfortable though oh, as the yeah, story yeah, like yeah. The, at the beginning it's like oh that's like pretty innocent like mm. you're discovering your body you you know all of them are have some mates yeah yeah, yeah and it's also kind of like a little bit like innocent right like yeah. at the beginning it's like oh, okay well look at my dick oh, yeah I'm yeah. gonna touch it and it's kind <laughs> of cute <laughs> uh, but yeah then it becomes a little bit creepy yeah yeah, uh, yeah and for it being a critic of something, um, I think the author didn't escape this kind of uh, Eurocentric white gaze in the way he depicted the characters. Um, like all they had, all they did after work was have weird sex. Uh, to me, it was like some c- kind of exploitation. Seventies movies were were 
minority characters would would, would do the weirdest shit, and they were called like black exploitation or non exploitation if it was nuns. And yeah, I found it a little bit like Mexico exploitation. Mm-hmm. I felt yeah. that more with the other story about the couple. Oh, and the guy living with them. Not the is it the guy living with no the one where they they uh, get like have to they go to a hotel room, and he like films her doing weird things. Uh, too. But that's the continuation of this story. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I feel like I can t- consider a separate story because it's like a su- an yeah. aside yeah. from it. I mean, it's just like I yeah. feel like it occurs there, but with the I guess with the boys, I didn't. Necessarily, isn't like I think I didn't maybe click with that because I don't know maybe it's just no like hearing stories from the service industry in any other place there's usually yeah. some weird yeah. like there's know. always exploitation there's always like not always but there's often but to me he constructs them as these sexual beings oozing mm-hmm. with sensuality oh, as yeah. opposed to the disaffected western tourists and uh, that's the exploitative part like that's interesting that, that's his vision of or, or their vision of of those characters and it didn't necessarily tell me anything about exploitation in Mexico as it happens. But I think it's because we know those car. I mean, we we don't get deep into the tourist because they are just like they are to 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 explode the the miners, right? And then we get deep into the miners, and that's where where we know them. We know this guy that is called Manuel, and then the other guy that I don't know if it says the name or at some point I don't remember. The the main character. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, so like we get to know them because they are the main characters. So that's the reason why we get into their relationship. That yeah, I'm not saying that it's not creepy or whatever, uh, but that's also part of the story, I guess. But it is. Maybe maybe you could say that um, they are reenacting the exploitation they undergo during the day. Yeah. In between yeah. them. Mm. Yeah. Or like yeah. limit. Like there's a layer of ba- like. Once you've broken the boundaries, like you can go, like it's almost like you can go as far as you want to, right? And that's like I think the thing that's been in back of my mind during this discussion when we talk every time we've mentioned exploitation is that once you've exploited yourself to a certain level, it's like after that, like the boundaries are broken, and any other form of exploitation doesn't feel like exploitation. Mm-hmm. That that would make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm. Something else. Um, can we talk about the couple? Did that aside that I keep thinking of as a separate story, but is still a part of the story? No, but you, yeah, we can talk about that story because they are connected. Mm. Is the last yeah. one is like for the audience? Yeah, <laughs> is the last story, but it's connected to this one, so it's also called about Mexican dog. And yeah, you can. I don't. I don't fully remember the story, so please add like jump in with um, additional expl- explanations. Um, but basically. There's this couple that, that basically, the, I guess they're sitting on the beach at the resort or something, or they're sitting somewhere at the resort, and they're approached by what I'm as a Mexican guy who is who's a filmmaker, and he wants to film like a documentary or something for his class or something. It was something along mm-hmm. the lines of that. Don't quote me on it. And he, they get taken to a hotel room, and they're asked to do a lot of like really odd, again sexually oriented things like i think there's a point and then they he also asked the woman to say really derogatory things to him on the on film and that was like the like i guess the main part of i guess one of the like primary core parts of how the story is furthered i think she's i don't 
exactly remember what she says. But she's, I think she, she just calls him horrible names and she has to like yeah. suck on body parts or something. Not, and not like genitals, but like... I think it's like the story is like it's the perspective. Like we, we get like in this, uh, the first part, we get the perspective from the, from the minor that is working in the resort. Yeah. And then now we get the perspective of these tourists that yeah. go to Mexico and then they, they encounter these uh, minors. And, and it's also written in a different typo. Yeah, that I was at the beginning. I was like, why this 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 part is written in a different type than I got that. Yeah, it's 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 that's what also why I considered it like a different story because yeah. it's just like this weird. It's I always like it's just this weird aside, but it's interesting because there is a connection to the like. There is some sort of connection to it, um, but anyway. So he filmed this and then he threatens to release it unless they pay him a lot of cat like a lot of cash like a couple th- like a couple thousand dollars if it was like ten thousand dollars something it was eleven thousand crowns eleven thousand crowns okay yeah so Good memory <laughs> thank you um and then they're like they had so this is where their friend sort of appears appears like at the end of like the first part of the story where they're like oh like we can't wait to tell our friend about this like adventure that we went on and she's like portrayed as this very like adventurous woman whatnot and by the time you start the next part of the story, she's like, what the hell did you guys do? Mm-hmm. And also part, so they're like sort of three parts. The act that it happened, the couple reflecting on what happened and what to do. And then the friend sort of adding an element of they were trying to prove themselves to be cooler than they actually were. Mm-hmm. And I really liked this aside because I think it demonstrated the dumb tourist trope, but I also think that the more that we talk about exploitation of the characters, the more I'm like, oh my god, it's like, it, then it's like the the scam trope when you're on like when you're touristing in a non-Western country. But I think there were a lot of interesting elements, like how much she cared about the way people thought about her. If this video was posted and these discussions of oh no like i'm not like this da, 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 and the guy not really giving a damn and it was just there's so many layers that i thought were are interesting to go into <coughs> yes the person i could most mostly uh, emphasize with was that the male danish mm-hmm. tourist who was really pissed that he had to pay this blackmail because <laughs> he wants his vacations to be as cheap as possible. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like, like, um, yeah, like one of the last quote, quotes of the story, like it says, like, on my way to get drinks for the guys, I look out over the club and suddenly can't help but laugh at all the things I hate. The sun bleached work walk that stretches from the reception desk to the bed to the beach chairs. The beach chairs that hold a little time in their big vibrating grid and fix the sun in the Senate. The guests greedily sucking up the sun, offering themselves without reserve, wanting its rays all over them, only to block it out by any means possible. Fans and broad brimming hats, water bottles, parasols, protective and cooling cooling sails, soothing remedies for a cold that worships a sun that will soon leave them or receive them. All the things here are ridiculous without the sun. 
shadowless objects under the open sky, translucent and relegated to a dim life on the, of the sun in the skin under the sea. I thought it was like kind of like nice, like to see like yeah, like what you say about the sun economy is like everything is fucking ridiculous if you remove the sun of that resort yeah. picture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but I kind of want to, I guess I want to kind of dig in more to, like, the presence of the friend. Emmanuel? No, no, not the friend. No, their, their female friend. The one who makes, like, a very short appearance, but infor almost informs their decision to say yes to this director. Ah, you talk about the last part. Okay, yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah, so before, yeah. before this quote. I don't remember and it's interesting to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just interesting because I feel like it's like the the often born born couple that are trying to be fun and avant garde while on vacation, <laughs> and I feel like it's something that we all kind of know, but it's really kind of funny to read about. Maybe something that we all do at some point. Uh, yeah, I guess it's also some way we all feel as we get older, maybe, and mm. we settle in more into ourselves. Like, oh, we're not as like adventurous as we used to. We we do something crazy because we used to do that when we were young or whatever, mm. and. It was funny. They had this fun friend who was like, why the hell would you do that? It seems so ridiculous. <laughs> and that, yeah, just vying to, I think, vying to be something that you're not and, like, like trying to present yourself as something that you're not. Yeah. Well, at the same time, ignoring, like, this, so many other things that are going on in this situation. Like... The it, like the sheer inequality that exists. Mm -hmm. Like they are the wealthy couple, and I guess this filmmaker, I would assume, needs money because he went through the effort, or he's being presented as someone who might need the money based off of like this exploitation trope. The, the filmmaker is the protagonist of the story, the beach boy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. He's made uh, to do this film thing by his boss. Yeah, mm. I completely missed that. Yeah, that's how we. Do. That's how they're connected. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but well. the boss for sure has money. <laughs> okay, never mind then. Yeah. Oh wow. Nothing is for free. No. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> is for free. Uh, wow. Yeah. So it's like double layers of exploitation. Can we move to the yeah, next so one? Yeah, let's move on. I feel like I'm the only one who is that interested in this one. <laughs> no, no. I mean, as I said, it's, it was my favorite one, but I think it's because it was really bizarre, and I was really into this. Guys becoming yeah. streams and uh, squids and, yeah. <laughs> and touching each other penises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, but I'm creepy, I guess. Uh, no. uh, well, the next one is called Rachel Nevada, and it's the story about this couple that they lost um, a daughter. I think it twin was twin daughters. Twi yeah, it was twin, two, right? Twin yeah. Daughters, yeah. Two daughters. Uh, so then they start traveling around USA, and at the end. They settle in a place called Rachel, Nevada, that is close to the um, area uh, 51. Um, so it's, um, all, all the thing in the village is related to aliens. And there is this place called Little, Little Alien Inn, that is a hotel yeah. that I thought yeah. was kind of funny. Yeah, it was uh, like uh, yeah. But it, I actually look at and it exists for mm. real. Um, oh. Yeah, it is in Google Maps. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so I wonder mind. what it would be in Danish. <laughs> I also thought about this actually. Yeah. But probably if he's talking about Nevada, it will be the same name, right? It would yeah. be like the English yeah. name because it's a real place, so I guess it will be the same. Yeah. But yeah, then at some point, like the the, the man, like the husband, um, he founds an alien or 
something like that and then he wants to connect with it and he ended up connected with it in a really weird way and creepy and bloody <laughs> yeah at first it's like how if i remember correctly that he doesn't really get his wife's obsession with this like whole mm. alien community yeah. No? yeah like she's like really connecting with these alien guys um and he's just like grieving over the loss of their daughters and yeah. he can't really understand why she's so into it or whatever mm-hmm. yeah yeah but at the end but then at the end yeah she, he's also she like becomes real and when he founds the the alien or the the the, the creature or whatever he doesn't say it to his wife mm. because he's, he doesn't want her to discover it. Yeah. And he doesn't want the club to lay his hands on it. Yeah. Yes, that story left me completely flamboozled. But then she wouldn't have, she wouldn't be searching for something. She wouldn't have something to look I, for. I think she already found what she was looking for, which was community. blind faith. Oh, yeah, community. blind faith, yeah. <laughs> Was oh, it was like blind faith community. <laughs> no, it was both. I guess it was both things. But you're like having a vibe for something is significantly more interesting than just getting it. Then she'd have to th- find something else, and then she would remember. Th- she would remember the death of her daughter, right? Yes. So, in some ways, he he you could say he was protecting her from disappointment. Cause Excitement and disappointment. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, mm. she yeah. substituted uh, Jesus for aliens. Or aliens for Jesus. Yeah. Well, Very cleverly. How it is, no? Yeah. <laughs> no, but then the people in the alien club, club it starts to become religious, no? Yeah. 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 And then... I don't they think they were mutually exclusive. They both. No, 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 no. no, no they no. were not. They, were, they, <laughs> they are two things to believe in. Poly- yeah, exactly. in a poly yeah. relationship with, 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 with aliens alien and Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But the way the, <coughs> the protagonist connects with this alien thing, which is like a rock that... Uh, it's called the sender. Mm-hmm. It's, oh. It vibrates in a way that makes animals uh, crowd around it. That was a piece of body horror that made me super nauseous. Yeah, because he 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 cut his throat to connect with this entity or with this sender, yeah. uh, and it's like the description is really like um, detailed. Yeah. Yeah. It's very like uh, it was unnecessary for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really hate this book, huh? <laughs> yeah, the the, the um, everything seems so viscous. Um, the the body horror, the blood, the gore. I'm not digging it. <laughs> I also because I was reading some reviews prior, like reviews of the book mm-hmm. both just seeing who actually read the book versus not but a lot of people were referring to this as being like a form of magical realism did you go on goodreads of course i did mine is being owned by amazon but love goodreads what can you do what we are a magical realism Magi- uh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so too it's more yeah, magical realism yeah, yeah. and surrealism. this st- story takes it very literally like let's take something that is like very but I like no I well i don't know area f- area f- what was it 59? i thought that i mean i i think this is more gory than magic realism i think magic realism was the other one with bad Maxi- bad mexican dog because it's this realism that is like horrible like life is horrible but then you have this relationship where you become a shrimp and a squid and it's beautiful uh, yeah. but mm-hmm. then like this one i didn't find it magic realism this one i found it like yeah, horror the, the, horror mm. it is yeah. Hor- yeah but aliens like literally appear yeah. there's, there's all sorts of magical energies um 
I it reminded me why I didn't like magical realism mm-hmm. in the first place. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also starts very light. I feel like it starts at a very light note. In the beginning, they're just going around in the car. Exactly. Or something. Yeah. yeah. I and actually really liked it. It at felt the beginning. very light, mm-hmm. and then yeah. it just very second half. It was like we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna make this more intense. Yeah. 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 Because I, yeah, I really liked it at the beginning. It was like this. Um, yeah, and also like when I discovered that it was a real place and this little alien exists and yeah then I thought like oh this is interesting but yeah then it became a little bit like disgusting Mm. (laughs) so what is this story trying to say that one I don't really know what to say it's like don't 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 mix with senders (laughs) don't mix with aliens Uh, no but I guess it's also like a critique of religion and beliefs maybe well, if so, then very generous, because the people in the alien club like remain unperturbed. Yeah. It's rather the the unbeliever who finds the object of their faith, yeah. because he does the leap of faith. Maybe uh, it had this Kierkegaardian undertones, but I don't feel qualified to dig into them. Maybe this is the optimistic look at it, but I feel as though it's. Like no, I don't even know if that's actually optimistic. I take I might take that back, but needing an escape, mm. just completely isolating yourself from the world that is, and trying to find another species. Like there's nothing more like escape, like other than actually trying to escape the planet. Like this is almost as escapism as you can get. Yeah, and just finding your escape from Grieving. like gr- yeah. like gr- like the life life's tragedies. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's how it is to worship something. Yeah, exactly. It's like an outer, it's like, but it's also like about community at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is the first time in the book we have, like, uh, we see, is this for, no, that's a lie. Because Bad Mexican Dog, there was a community amongst the the workers, so I actually take that, that I take that statement back. But this is like a, I guess, official, larger community that exists. Maybe a commentary on cults? Who knows? Yep could be but i don't i I don't want to hold on to that point yeah uh, we are taking a long time (laughs) discussing so let's go to the last one Uh, that is me rory and aurora that is these three guys that lives in um, in the same apartment and the girl is well the woman is uh, pregnant and she's selling drugs in the um, in front of the church and the people that go to the church is like they are trying to quit drugs, but she is selling them those pills that they call bowels. Mm. Vowels. Bowels. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know what to think about this one. Uh, it didn't really appeal me. Some guy, the the main, the protagonist of the story, like met them somewhere. Yeah. And then like just completely leached onto their lives. Yeah, because he like, was in love with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he like starts to live with them, and they have like sex, all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, he wants to escape with her, but uh, she doesn't want to. Yeah, she's. Isn't she's she a girl? Casey. Call Aurora. No. No, but the person that they meet and take under their roof isn't. He's Casey. Isn't she a girl? Oh, I don't oh, know. I don't know. Actually, I always think in the. I the story is written from her perspective, and mm. it sounds like a feminine voice. Okay, for me it was a guy. Fem. For you, it was a guy. Yeah, for me, it was Mali. 
Let's leave it at that. No, I don't know. It's, it's kind of intended. I didn't think about it. No. I, I, it's interesting that you say that because I was thinking that it was a guy. But yeah. So that's kind of nice that you, <laughs> you thought, yeah. You also thought there was a guy or? No, I didn't think about it actually. I don't know why. Casey's also, a, it can be a very gender, like is a gender yeah. neutral yeah. name, right? Yeah. So I hadn't actually thought about it. You didn't assume the gender. I didn't assume, no. No, that's nice. Yeah, I'm really impressed. I don't, I usually assume, if mm. I'm honest. I think in my world, there was also a guy, but I mean, I could easily be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's also like... To be fair, I don't know if I paid attention. Like, I think this is the story I paid the least amount of yeah. attention to. Yeah. So I would, I'm not going to credit myself with any, any sort of radical reading of it. Yeah, it's supposed to take place in London, but there's no London in it, I think. No. But quite, uh, yeah, it's London, yeah, it's true, yeah. And a little bit about rehab and falling back into those addictions. And the couple that they, uh, that the, the protagonist moves in with, mm, the, the woman sells drugs and the man like does nothing apart from... <laughs> Complaining. Uh, <laughs> ...taking care of the house and he's prone to invite a lot of homeless people. Uh, he has a soft spot for them. And that's yeah. it. That's that's what's going on in this story. Yeah. yeah, I actually thought I like the relationship that it creates between like being addicted to drugs and going to church. Um, I thought that was kind of a nice uh, simile, mm. um, and I thought that was interesting. And I also like the description that they make they make out of the drugs. Like it says, like bowels. That's what we call those pills because they softened you up and made you receptive. Starting with a round feeling and a light in your mouth, your throat, your belly, and so on, until your whole body was a glowing processor just waiting for data, which was probably why City Church was the perfect market. Affiliated with the rehab center, it was full of addicts who had turned to God or were trying to. The bowels, like the service, lasted for a, about an hour and were usually a prelude to acid, a way to prepare for the actual trip so Aurora could get a bag of 150 pounds and sell them for a one pound a piece. Yeah, I think that's kind of like yeah. the relationship between yeah. gossiping and getting high. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So how is the story criticizing our existing economic conditions? But um, not all the stories are criticizing <laughs> the economic <laughs> conditions. You are really focused on that, Tom. Because it describes this kind of revelation, and, but I, I failed to find it on any page. But it's also like the, I think it reminds me of this Douglas Copeland novel called Generation A. Not to be confused with Generation X. Mm, yeah. Um, and it talks about basically everyone taking Xanax and then like the, it's something like Xanax and there's a factory that like kills all the bees, like the production kills all the bees and then some guy eventually wants to melt everyone's brains and eat them. That's like short form. And it sort of reminds me of like this, like this constant dependency on like trying to not actually exist in the conditions that you live in because it's honestly depressing. Yeah, true. Mm -hmm. the, all the characters try to be as disconnected as they yes. could. Maybe that's why we don't see any of the London because they don't have like time uh, yeah. or energy to like actually inhabit it. Yeah. 
and like the reason why they take like these drugs in like the other book is so then the guy can eventually like wear them down to eat their brains and part of it is like okay you can continue to exist in this world and continue to be exploited by the system because or like by anything else because you don't feel like you're constantly escaping it you don't have to feel it that hit close to home oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I actually don't have much more to say about this story. I it it was nice and all, but it didn't really no no. Which was your favorite? Well, I already said like my favorite was Bad Mexican Dog, and I think my favorite was the first part of Bad Mexican Dog. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah also my yeah. the first yeah, the, the first part. Yeah. yeah. What about you? you do you have one, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> the story I least disliked <laughs> would would be the first one, uh, maybe Irene? because it lends itself to some kind of interpretation, even if it's um, the, the moral, if we should call it that, sounds, uh, seems very obvious. Mm. Uh, but, but the others were total drag to me. They filled with paragraphs of those bodily sensations that I find w found very hard to translate into actual emotional states of the characters. They, they blurred, uh, obscured more than they revealed to me. I found it irritating. Okay. Nice. <laughs> it's nice to have like a point. Uh, yeah. yeah, because as I say, I was uh, surprised. Yeah. I didn't expect yeah. this book to yeah. like me, and I yeah. did like it. That's good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think I have to correct my earlier statement by saying Bad Mexican Dog was my least favorite, because okay. clearly I liked the aside. That was a part of the story. And I liked the first half of the story. I think the second half lost me. But... Yeah, I guess that might have, like, I guess it's that or the first, um, the story, Alvin. I think Alvin. that, that okay. was probably my favorite story. It hit very close to home in many respects. Just the environment that I'm in and whatnot. It was like, oh, yes, this is so, like, these are the kinds of conversations and instances, like, that seem actually relatively familiar. Not, like, the, tra the random traveling and whatnot, but this, like, discombobulation. Like, that malaise, that disconnection, mm. that soulnessless feels really familiar yeah. and it was very poignant and i think that was probably the most co like yeah that was my favorite it, it seems so easy to write about <coughs> disconnection and de depicted like it lacks any kind of positive vision like brett easton ellis novels they are also full of this disconnection mm. and that was one major accusation against him that it's just easy to write that mm -hmm. But I don't know. If I don't know. But I don't know <laughs> if I would say that the form is this like the same. There is sort like there is that magical realism. Like there are sort of imaginative elements to it. Like Brett Easton Ellis's novels are very brutal. Yeah, they mm. are. I'm actually reading American Psycho yeah. now, and it's Ooh. fucking brutal. Yeah, yeah. and they're yeah. not. And a lot of them, like yes, there are sort of questions of what's real and what's not, and that is like probably one of the most interesting aspects of his novels. Like at least to me. But I feel like here it was like. You have those questions, but they're done in a very like imaginative like way, in ways that are not too s disconnected from reality, but in ways that, you know, like they're not too like they, they it's not that they like necessarily could happen, but they almost could in some way. But they're hitting that boundary of they they might not happen though, mm. and I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well. I think maybe we should 
yeah. close or mm-hmm. do you want to say something else? I'm good. I want to say something, but I forgot. okay (laughs) fine Um, so yeah thanks (laughs) thanks for the nice conversation if you remember in the last in the next minute (laughs) you can say it thanks for being here Tom and Isla and Fridi again (laughs) yeah Yeah. Uh, and yeah next uh, book we're gonna discuss is Kay Tempest uh, the bricks that build the house houses (laughs) houses <laughs> and uh, yeah i'm excited mm-hmm. frida is also excited i'm about also very excited yay. yeah yeah <laughs> i've read it and i li- really liked it okay yeah, yeah. so yes. let's see let's i haven't see. read it yet but yeah thanks for coming thank you thanks for listening yeah. peace out <laughs>